This is a CW Spiral, a podcast run by two Barchies and a Bughead. We're your hosts, Sabrina Reed, Michael Patterson, and Reed Gowden. Bringing you history about the network, the latest news, and in-depth spoiler-filled discussions of some of our favorite shows on the CW. And we're back, finally, after uh, a break. A longer break than we expected. It's a new year, new us, I guess. Um, we'll be filling things on a little bit differently. You'll be seeing that up here on our YouTube. Um, but I wouldn't, I didn't think that we were gonna pop back into the pod with some controversial news from the CW on multiple aspects because they have gotten into the sports TV lane with I want to say it's LIV golf. Um and the golf is coming to the CW now. So, yeah. Why not? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't it, know. If someone had told us in 2006 and 2007 that the biggest teen network on TV would start showing golf in 2023, would you have believed them? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> and yet here we are. It's going to start airing on Saturdays and Sundays and will stream on the CW app on Fridays. Apparently it's the first time that the CW has ever had like exclusivity when it comes to sports. I wouldn't have chosen golf. Um, especially not a league that has such controversy with it. Uh, but we're here. This is what they're doing, uh, I guess. I mean, I will not be watching. So like, that's the end no. of where the buck stops with me. <laughs> but. Yeah, I, there, there's a, yeah, there's some uh, interesting stuff attached to this, but like just at like the, the base level face value on paper, it's golf on the CW. Right. And I can kind of see where they're like, I have... I can connect the dots with them. Like sports is really enormous, right? Like people mm -hmm. tune in for sports. So I can see how they want to do that to broaden their reach, to increase viewership. But where I see the disconnect is I don't see how the, the, the viewership of golf will tune into the CW to watch golf. They will be there, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. But I don't see them seeing a trailer for the final season of Riverdale and deciding to tune in. Like, I don't see the connect of like how this viewing population is going to help boost overall ratings on the CW, but we're still in that like gap year of, they haven't really rolled out what they intend to be in the future. We're still in that like limbo of the old stuff still being on. So I can kind of see where they're, where their thinking is, but I, I, I struggled to, to, see how the impacts will be beneficial in the long run <laughs> mm -hmm. it's so weird to say but i do i get your point because at the end of the day sports is a big thing i'm not really sporty but i do i acknowledge that it's one of the big things at the end of the day when the shows get preempted and there's sports on instead those ready early ratings are initially higher because more people are tuning in for the sports. I do get that it draws eyeballs, but this isn't the same thing as the Super Bowl or the Monday Night Football. Or remember, uh, the CW started by showing WWE's Friday Night SmackDown, and it got the same ratings back then that SmackDown now gets on Fox. So people clearly tuned in. But I just don't. I I, I don't see golf having that same kind of like must see approach that all of those other sports or sports entertainment programming drew. Maybe we're judging quickly, but I. I can see it working on Saturday and Sunday because at the end of the day, if you want to appeal to the 58-year-olds, that's probably when they could be watching the TV. But at the same time, I also don't see it being a huge success on the CW app. Maybe they're just using their overall approach for everything, we'll say. 
But yeah, back to that initial baseline that Reed said earlier, golf on the CW sounds like the most outlandish <laughs> thing this network has ever done. It does. And it's just like, I think they'd be trying to cater towards the, those who tune in on the weekends through the affiliate stations mm-hmm. um, in some form, but it's also not the PGA. Um, so I just feel like we're getting on the ground floor with the up and comer who already has controversy while we're a network who is steeped in controversy because of how we're handling things. That's also tied to a parent company that's also steeped in controversy. It's just like, we've just decided to have our controversial era. Yeah. Bad looks all around. (laughs) It's just, it's like, but I will say though, we did, there was positive news before this. All American got renewed for season six and will be returning for the fall. They're the first CW show to get the renewal look. It feels like the oldest. It, it does not, it. Yeah, to an extent. <laughs> <laughs> to an extent. Just a little um, crumb. <laughs> a renewal in January from the CW, the network that used to renew everything early and then last year decided to renew nothing until March and then cancel everything else. I mean, it's a crumb from the old days. Um, we, we didn't expect it this early. I think that was the most naturally surprising thing. We were expecting to wait until May time came and then say goodbye to maybe half of the lineup again and congratulate the other half of the lineup. But the fact that we got All-American so early, it, I, I think that that's a victory worth celebrating. I don't know whether the rest will follow yet, especially since half of its lineup hasn't even debuted their current seasons yet. But I mean, small victories where we can take them and that feels like one. It, it was does. a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. It was. And I, the concern was that because it was going to be the veteran show on the network, despite being one of the youngest ones it had left, uh, that they wouldn't be, they weren't going to choose to move forward, especially with the idea of budget cuts coming down the pipe. And then that didn't happen. So it's good to see that we will have a CW staple in the fall season. If we have nothing else, we will have all American. <laughs> When they announced it, I like held my breath. I was like, are they going to do more? Do more. <laughs> and then it was just all American, which is great. But I was like, oh, oh, something's happening. <laughs> I know. Like, it just felt like maybe it'll be like a gradual rollout during the day. And it's like, oh, no, you get the one. We're still going over the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, we thought like the, the smoke had cleared and we were like, oh, is it over? It's like, no, <laughs> get back in the bunker. It's still hard times. <laughs> I know. And there was that whole, like um, the Hollywood Reporter was saying, Sources are saying that there are fewer than five CW's U.S. scripted originals going forward. So that would mean All-American claimed spot number one, and there are potentially three left. Um, But again, no one really knows where CW is going. So we're all just sitting here like, okay, we have one renewed show, and then we have shows that we're saying goodbye to um, by the time uh, the 2022-2023 television season ends. And that is with, one of them is Riverdale season set, like Riverdale for season seven, which premieres Wednesday, March 29th at 9 p.m. And we did not get what we wanted because it's going to have 20 episodes, but it could have been 22. So <laughs> the, the Small show- victory. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the compromise. It's still seven more than I wanted, but whatever. <laughs> I know. It looks like it's going to, like, we haven't gotten a trailer yet, but the looks that we've seen, it looks like it's at least going to be gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And entertaining. We can always count mm-hmm. on Reveal to entertain us, even if it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> True, but like I'm hoping that like it's not like season six where it took us far into the season to really appreciate what was going on. I want to appreciate it from the start to the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking back at six, it was very messy until like the last five episodes, which were actually brilliant. 
So, I mean, at least it ended on a high. So I'm hoping we can, we can have a fun final season. But even aside from that, I know we've said it before, Riverdale's one of those shows you can be critical of when it's on, but you see when it's not on, you miss it a great deal. And I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, having what it back is that? Around. I know. What does Roberto put in Riverdale? <laughs> it's like pure oxygen or something. I think that's so exhilarating. Uh, and we're going to have it back. Not soon. And we're going to have Nancy back. Not so soon. Because mm-hmm. uh, her final season comes Wednesday, May 31st at 8, which means she'll be sliding into the Flash's spot once they say goodbye. Uh, which is a little hard. And she only got 13 episodes. We didn't even give her like an 18 episode goodbye. But fine. Whatever. It's all feeling very real now, isn't it? Like we're talking about one final season going off so another final season can come on. And like the fact that a show like The Flash has to end before Nancy can return, it's just the end of this era. It's been a long end of an era. And um, But I think the, again, small victories, the fact that we finally have a date for Nancy because it felt like the out there. We knew Mm -hmm. when Riverdale was coming. We we had a window for it. We had release dates for all of the rest of them. So I'm glad we finally know when Nancy will be back. And I'm most excited about the fact it gives us enough time to catch up on the episodes. Yeah, It does. We will be caught up by the time that it comes on. We will. August 23rd is going to be a rough night, though. Yeah. With both of them going off, like sending, doing their goodbyes. I can't, I don't want to imagine it. I know it's coming, but it just feels really sad that like the era is ending come August 23rd. Mm -hmm. Like you have like 13 years worth of history. One show that ran for seven seasons, one show that ran for four seasons, all ending in one night. Like that's a, that's going to be an emotional watch. And the flash too. Yeah, exactly. Have you said we're booking your traumatic watches for wednesday nights getting the yeah. up. <laughs> as if the middle of the week isn't already hard <laughs> speaking of like trauma though so superman and lois season three's trailer was amazing but it also we have lois in danger which i did not want that for her i thought we were going to be like running around the streets with her as she solves cases and no actually like the this is the daily planets um what is it called at the top Oh, the globe. Yeah, but they get what is the name? Like a statue. In any case, it fall. It looks like it's going to fall on her. <laughs> I mean, like that's how you get your someone's attention in thirty seconds. It was really one of those like trailers that just kept going, and at the end of the day, that's the point of a promo. But like the fact that this was just a trailer for the premiere episode, it really excites me for not just what's coming in the premiere, but the rest of the season because you had the pregnancy tease with Lois you had the uh, the new Jonathan of course and uh, Michael Bishop we got our first look at him in action and then of course Lois is in danger because Lois is always in danger stay away from Metropolis y'all just live your happy lives in Smallville um <laughs> but yeah I, what can I say 30 seconds of bless I cannot wait for that show to be back it looked so delicious like I forgot how much I missed the show and how yeah. much I love it and like, I'm just so ready for a new season of like not really knowing what's going on, but just like loving every second of it. And Sabrina, you said this to us separately off pod, but it really, like, I want to watch this in a movie theater with my mm-hmm. popcorn, my 3D glasses, like just experience, because it felt, it is very much giving big screen. We can't say that for the next trailer we're going to be reacting to. <laughs> it's like, okay, so I can't, Wait, I believe it was you who was talking about the quality drop-off from, yeah. from moving from um, Superman Lois to Gotham Knights. And it really does feel like that. Like Superman Lois is so expansive and cinematic and Gotham Knights is very CW, which isn't yeah. a bad thing necessarily. It just Mm-mm. feels like it's CW in a specific era that we're not currently in. Mm-hmm. So it's giving me a bit of um, out of placement in time. 
is Whiplash. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, if uh, DC fans watched the Superman at Lois trailer, it was like March 14th can't come quick enough. And then they watched the Gotham Knights trailer. I was like, eh, March 14th can hold off a little while longer. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I, I will say that the second trailer for Gotham Knights was definitely more cinematic than the first. You had all those like CGI Gotham sites with the blimp in the air and everything, whereas the first trailer highlighted some of the show's budgetary restrictions. So things have definitely been done to make it look more visually appealing. I can't argue with that. This show will never be cinema, but the, the second trailer was much more, I enjoyed it a lot more than the first one. We all had things to say about the first one. It was not a good trailer. So I feel like, it's moving in the right direction. We don't know how, how long it has to get in the, in the right direction before it premieres, but I'm open to giving it a chance regardless. It'll be a, March 14th. It'll be a fun night anyway. Yeah, I, I will think, say what you go first. Sabrina. You go first. I was just going to say that but then it came to the font. Like, I think I would have been fine if we didn't do the drip paint font. It, mm-hmm. it, that is what the CW logo. Out. No. So when, um, when it's flashing <laughs> text on the screen after the CW logo, it's like, Batman has fallen. Well, Gotham too. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just like the word, the text didn't, but the text itself didn't bother me. The font did. And I was like, we didn't, we didn't need to do that. It, don't be fancy with it. The 58 year olds aren't tuning into this. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I will say though that I liked the trailer, this trailer more, but it didn't mm-hmm. make me want to watch the show anymore. <laughs> Like it didn't move the needle anymore for me, but um, you know, happy for everybody that's excited. I will watch it, obviously, at least the first episode. Um, but yeah, beautiful gowns. <laughs> <laughs> we're moving in the right direction, <laughs> slowly but surely. We are. It's it's getting there. Perhaps it'll be. Remember when we weren't sure about Wendy, and now mm-hmm. we love Wendy. I don't know if it's gonna do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll keep that keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we didn't include this one, but I forgot the Flash also dropped a trailer. Mm. Yeah, lots, we of hap- lots of happening, lots of drama, lots of West Island drama, <laughs> lots, lots of Central <laughs> City drama, lots of final season drama. I the final wait. run. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I will say though, like when Superman and Lois dropped that, um, like is Lois pregnant? I was like, not when the Flash is finally doing the West Island pregnancy, especially because there seems like there's going to be joy for Lois and Clark, regardless whether it was a flashback or it's something she's currently saying. But like West Island still couldn't be happy. We weren't allowed happiness. Like (laughs) Barry just snatched the joy right away from (laughs) Iris by telling her before she could experience it herself. The quotation, damn it, Barry, was specifically invented (laughs) for this man. And here we go again. Like, did Iris really need to know that? No, I will say my concern about having Superman at Lois on at the same time and doing arguably possibly doing a similar story is that this show, for being such a young show, has consistently schooled the Flash and how to highlight your male and female leads and give them both worthwhile stories while the Flash continues to struggle with that. And now the fact that they could be doing a similar story, specifically when this is one the Flash has been waiting to do, could be risque because Superman at lowest handles both of its leads better than the Flash has because Iris has always deserved better quality storytelling. I'm hoping the fact this is a story that will involve the both of them and not one or the other, things will work out. I have to say my excitement for the Flash's final season has consistently gone up the more and more I learn about it. I am As an Arrowverse fan, I am just ready for one big, long 13-episode series finale, and I hope it lives up to those expectations. So I'm, I'm keeping an open mind for that. But yeah, I just I want happiness for Barry and Iris. Same. It's going to be a good, it looks like it's going to be a good season mm-hmm. and um, a consistent season. We don't know yet. 
but a good one seems like it's coming down the pipe, which it, it, for it going off air, it needs to have a very solid, mm-hmm. like I want them to stick their landing. Uh, and I'm scared that they won't, but I'm putting the fears on the shelf and just going to enjoy the ride. Uh, Cause we're, we're, we're buckled in now. Like this is DC TV mm-hmm. on the CW uh, for what it is. And we'll see how long we get to keep it um, and just move forward. But that was a lot of news because mm-hmm. There was so like CW is like, no, we have things. So here's something this week, here's something this week. <sighs> and then here's a surprise, have fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but I mean, it's this, it's a new era that we don't quite like, but it's one that we're in. Um, so I guess we're just going to enjoy the ride. Like we've been enjoying the ride of Nancy Drew. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. do have a double feature. So we're doing episode eight and episode nine. Episode eight brought us right back into the plot involving Bess and her surprise husband, who turns out to be her fake husband, thankfully. Forgot all about this. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I forgot about everything we'd watched before. It's been like a month since we watched. Um, but I quickly like acclimated to where we left off. And I loved episode eight. Did you mm-hmm. guys love episode yeah. eight? I yeah. love this episode so much. Um, I loved seeing Bess have her own kind of story and her being kind of unmoored, like she's being dragged in two different directions. And we get to know more about her life before coming to Horseshoe Bay, which was exciting. That opening scene at the airport, I was like, yes, Bess, yes. Yeah. I think that's one of the things I enjoyed about it the most because Bess has consistently been one of the show's MVPs or she's like helped them solve the crime or when it is a story that focuses on her, you have to see it unfold through Nancy's eyes. Whereas Bess very much had the like A arc of this episode. Like you really got to learn more about her and kind of what drove her. We, we know her very well by now, but the fact that there are still secrets there and that she's still insecure about her past and I I also like the fact that we learned more just about that dynamic she had with her Aunt Diana because up until now Aunt Diana's kind of been like a how do I say this slightly one-dimensional character because she goes where the plot needs her to and she had more and more emotional involvement in this episode and yeah I just I really like learning more about Bess and her family yeah because Aunt Diana is very fancy and mm-hmm. rich and that was the end of her <laughs> yes. I, have, I have beef with aunt yeah. diana shall i get into like it that? Yes. yes yes like she oh god aunt diana she wants best to devote all of her time energy and loyalty to the marvin family but she drops best at the drop of a hat and like granted yes best did steal a, a very expensive watch from her which was masterfully pulled off which i would have given her credit like you stole that from me i would have been so impressed um and i understand like best broke her trust but it's like your family is so important to you but at the drop of a hat you're gonna ditch this girl in the middle of the dark woods and say she's out of the family when you wanted her to bend over backwards for you i was angry i didn't mm-hmm. like it mm-hmm. and maybe that's my bias towards best <laughs> like how could you do that to sweet innocent best she was just trying to do what was right at the time and i i don't know i was just mad at aunt diana like how dare you <laughs> i knew best was gonna fail the moment aunt diana said you have to put the Marvins first. Yeah. And I was like, I, if she hasn't been with you long enough to do that when her friends are in danger. And of course, it's exactly what happened. I wanted her to be able to tell her aunt. Then there was also a small part of me um, 
that was growing louder as the episode went on, wondering whether or not her aunt had actually gotten her fake husband to come to town to test best. Like, the, the episode mm-hmm. doesn't reveal that, um, but it just felt like something she would do. She does seem mm-hmm. like a woman who keeps everything close to her vest and would test you without your knowledge to see if you will be loyal, even though you've only been you've only known her for like a few weeks to a few months mm-hmm. i don't know to the timeline and nancy drew always messes me up because things are happening much yeah. slower than i thought they <laughs> are <laughs> but yeah i agree i feel like uh, aunt diana is always that character that she can be brought in here whenever they need her to do something or whatever but it was only around the time that owen died you really kind of got to see what kind of person that she was because she adored him and yet wasn't too caught up about the fact that he was dead and was happily like filing paperwork or whatever at his funeral when all hell was breaking loose in the floor on the floor below didn't didn't bat an eyelid about that and diana is someone who cares about the family name but doesn't actually care about the family in it if that makes sense and yeah, i think that really came there it is. yeah exactly <laughs> i think that really came across in this episode and so Bess did test her and unfortunately Bess failed that test uh, and uh, yeah it kind of it, it was a bit predictable for me and it escalated maybe kind of quickly, but I do understand the fact they only had 40 minutes to use. I wonder if that's the end of it. And I hope it's not because I feel like there should be more there, but like with, with, with the Marvins and heck the Hudsons as well, you never know what kind of way those families will go because they're kind of just driven by power, name and money. Yeah. And it'd be lovely if Bess gets to recognize that for herself after she like gets the grieving the loss of the Marvins, uh, because there's that great moment where she's at, I'm assuming lunch, with her aunt where they're talking about the difference between the speech Bess wants to give, which is about the family's legacy and the speech her aunt wants her to give, which is about the silver. Mm Because that's what everybody wants. She's like, everyone wants to see the silver. They don't really care about the family. It gave a a great dichotomy for how they see the Marvins. That is very, she's very surface. She's like, we had to present ourselves a certain way. And because Bess doesn't have family, she's like, no, no, we should, our best foot forward is presenting us as a family, a united front, not just what everyone thinks that we should be. Mm-hmm. It's very vacuous at like surface level with um, the Marvins and Aunt Diana, whereas Bess wanted to like commit more and learn to trust these people and learn to love these people. And it feels like as far as, as far as Aunt Diana is concerned, as long as you do what she wants or uh, what's good for the family in the old fashioned sense of the word, you're part of this family, but the moment you stop doing that, even if it's for the family's best interest, even if it's for your best interest or some other people's best interest, you're out. It's very old fashioned. And I think the show uh, um, accomplished that very, very well. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need them, whatever. Mm-hmm. No. no, I don't know. Not to get ahead. I think she said like, I don't have any family. And I was like, girl, we went over this last yeah. in the previous episodes. Your family is your group of friends. Yes. So cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> she'll get there. Perhaps she'll just need a talk from Ryan, who who understands because he's a Hudson mm-hmm. and he's done the performance of it all and still has to do the performance uh, to keep Nancy safe. Those scenes with the reporter were interesting. Mm. Yeah, they had quite an interest in chemistry, but at the same time, you're like, they did a good job of building up the tension because you were afraid that secret was going to come out about Na- Nancy being a Hudson. And then... I think they did it so well because they were such they had such a good like dynamic between the two of them. They were talking like friends, you know, the way the reporters usually don't like the rich people, whereas uh, Ryan did a great job of making himself come across as friendly because we always said he had that in him, but he always chose the opposite. And I think this was always this was an example of how far he had come. He did everything he was supposed to. And you watch the whole episode thinking, is he going to let something slip? Is he going to is he going to like let everyone down? And he didn't. But the reporter knows more. 
And yeah, now, now we're in like dangerous territory and it wasn't even his fault. Yeah, that stressed me out so much because I was kind of like, oh, I was like, oh, this could be cute. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Shipping them. And I was like, mind your business. <laughs> Stay away from Nancy. <laughs> I remember her, though. So I'm interested to see mm-hmm. from the um, episode with Tom. So I'm interested yeah. to see how this dynamic shapes and where we get to that point with her. Um, in Ryan, uh, I like a good nosy reporter, like mm-hmm. who, who um, throws everything off whack, especially um, when they're simmering a bit, because the rest of them don't know that she knows. Because I don't believe Ryan told Nick that she's suspicious, correct? No, we didn't have that scene, I don't think, no. Because Nick would be like, all hands on deck, fire on fire, like we have to get rid of the reporter. But Ryan's like, no, I've got to snooze, okay? Mm-hmm. We have to like present mm-hmm. ourselves as calm, cool, and collected. Uh, and that's not who Nick is when people he cares about is mm-hmm. in danger, as we saw in episode nine, which we won't jump to yet. But like, he's a very take charge, man of action type of, of character. And Ryan's like, we, we don't take action yet. We sit, we sip tea. <laughs> 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 and we lie to the press. <laughs> he did uh, leap to action, though, in, in episode eight, when Nancy and George were tied up, which that okay. was so stressful. Mm-hmm. this show does suspend so well like i know nothing was gonna happen to them but the whole time i was like no <laughs> blow out the candle <laughs> <laughs> when they, when they finally got into the wherever they were being held hostage um in the the what was it the thing fell the it was, oh, it was like some rope. type of weight or right it was gonna crush it was gonna break it was that a lantern and and yeah was, the the lantern when ace yeah. put his hand on the rope and stopped it i was like <gasps> Mm-hmm. lost my breath yeah those few <laughs> seconds they dragged <laughs> there's a great moment too though because it also used the action sequence as a means of nick um being read in on the whole um george is possessed by odette situation mm-hmm. which george was trying her darndest to keep from him but I do, i'm i'm glad that he knows though because that's mm-hmm. not going to sustain itself george you live together do not <laughs> like yeah. he's gonna find out <laughs> And that's the thing. And when I, when this episode started, I was like, oh no, we're doing secrets again. I forgot about that. Even though I do understand the reasoning behind it, she didn't want to add to his stress. But I'm glad the episode ended with him finding out. I thought it was very funny when he came to, uh, towards Odette and tried to help her and she started like screaming French at him. And he was like, you're not George. Um, very effective because again, the show uses tension to get the secrets out. Um, and yeah, we'll talk about how that built into the next episode. There wasn't much in this, but I'm oh, the point is I'm glad the secret's out now. We didn't have to go episode upon episode upon episode of trying to keep the secret from Nick. And it flows right into it, though, because we have the whole shroud reveal about uh, the next person who uses it will kill the person who was mm. used it last, which surprising turn of events. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they can't catch a break. <laughs> they can't. Every time they think that, like, okay, we're safe, we're cool, and um, there's some supernatural um, hijinks that then have to ensue because you're not safe, you're not cool. This is Horseshoe Bay. It isn't no chill. Mm-mm. 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 And it was interesting that they both, Nancy had, a, Nancy was struggling with feeling guilt over the fact that her using the shroud to save George ended up killing the previous person who used it. Mm-hmm. Um. R. Jenkins and the fact is it's because 
Nancy's so used to uh, soldiering on. She's programmed like that. She gets on with it. But you saw in the moment when they thought they were going to die that she was like, wait, what kind of person does things like that? And I thought that was very effective. It didn't sit with it very long, but I do think that throughout season two, we're starting to see Nancy sit with her actions more. And again, we've said how she needs to learn a lot and she has been learning. So I just, I really appreciated the fact that we got to see her sit with those events and the consequences of them more because in season one she was very much mission driven and get it done and then like again she was responsible for the whole Agleka dilemma and the fact that her friends lives were at stake and that came up towards the end well season two in the early season two (laughs) but I mean like she's learning more as it goes on and yeah just as someone who's such a big fan of Nancy and wants her to grow seeing those little moments means the world and I thought they were very effective and as always Kennedy did a great job she did yeah and i feel like even though things are still really heavy nancy we're seeing a different side of nancy i think Mm -hmm. in 208 she was a little bit more unserious and a little bit more Mm -hmm. casually playful there's that i think it was 208 when um nancy and george were like slouched on the couch and nancy was like talking about a plan about like killing somebody and george is like what and she's like i don't i'm just talking through (laughs) (laughs) the way that kennedy played it was like so funny and we don't get to see nancy be a little bit like playful and it, mm-hmm. it was really fun mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. that side of her it was great especially because like it's it's the scene in which nancy reveals that she would have probably flatlined george in order to see what oh would yeah, yeah yeah that, that was what it was she was like you're gonna flatline me and she's like I'm just you know <laughs> it's just an option it's just just way another option <laughs> uh, the, uh, the another comedic beat which is also a, bit, a shibby beat was um when odette starts talking about the one with the nice eyes and Nancy immediately thinks that she's mm. talking about a screamed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I screamed. <laughs> it was it. It ended up being best, right? Yeah. It ended up being best. But I love how like Nancy's got Ace on the brain though, because she mentioned the nice one with the the one with the nice eyes who has a husband, and Nancy yeah. still went Ace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then she went. And she went best. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like she didn't care. No. <laughs> We're getting crumbs, y'all. Oh my god, I was flipping out. I was like, Nancy. (laughs) Especially because she's like, as they reveal, just don't gonna jump to um episode nine. She believes that she knows um Ace rather well. Like I don't Mm. remember she said that she knows him the best, but like she was teasing him about his lucky pullover, which is like like that is a friend thing because it's just a regular navy blue pullover. She just snaps. She's like, I know you're into Amanda because you're wearing the lucky one. (laughs) (laughs) That whole scene though, just the fact how close they were, how they had this moment where they stopped and like looked at each other really, really, like really closely. Um, Yeah, again, crumbs, but like I feel like that was such a like, powerful scene because they know each other so well and I love the fact that this show isn't doing the whole like as far as a slow burn goes making them like think endlessly about each other they've just picked up that they know each other so well and I feel like it's going to hit them in the face at some point oh wait a minute maybe I do feel that way about you but it's doing it's being done in such a subtle way that if we didn't know where it was going you might miss it you know what I mean I I think that's very effective I was just going to say that because we know that they become a thing, we're looking out for it and we're picking up on these things. But I think that if we were binge watching the show with no knowledge of where it ends up, I don't know if it would be as blatant. We Mm -hmm. probably pick Mm -hmm. up on it, but it wouldn't be like something that we're actively rooting for because we know that it happens. We would just be like, oh, okay, well, they're besties or something. I don't know. But, But yeah, I love 
their scenes together. And Ace had a lot of funny, like, one-liners. <laughs> he was like, the woods speak to me. There's yep. another moment that he had me just, like, dying. But I love him. He's mm-hmm. the sweetest little guy. He was fabulous in this episode with his crush, too. Not that I'm... I don't really feel anything for him and Amanda. But, like, the, he was yeah. very much, like, a puppy. When she, like, she wouldn't... She wouldn't... um reveal something I said to her in confidence and I was like Ace how long have you known Amanda and you're talking about her not revealing something to her twin brother but okay sure if you believe that which he was correct but I was just like I don't know I don't necessarily trust Mm -hmm. Amanda that quickly as far as the the team secrets Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest issue with it all taking place off screen because I know wasn't Amanda and like not the episode before but the episode before that and suddenly they're like very um what's the word they're connected to each other all of a sudden. And I guess, I guess we just had to take that leap because those characters aren't main characters yet. But yeah, I mean, I mean like it, they paid it off well in the episode, but I, I agree for those first couple of minutes to were like, how invested in this like relationship and this arc, how quick is it supposed to have moved? Or are we supposed to be? Um, but on just on another on the yes note, I love the fact that he stayed with Bess overnight and just like the, the platanker is all the way. The I love them. I love it. I thought it so he much. was going to call her out when he said, when she said she had no family and it cut to him. I was like, Ace, say it. And then he did, but that's fine. <laughs> and I, another Ace moment I loved, um, we're hopping all over the place, but it's okay. Um, when they discovered the shroud was missing and they're in the that weird area of the restaurant, mm-hmm. which somehow was like enormous. Um, <laughs> they're like, did they steal anything else? And they look and they cut to Ace and he's like, a banana cream pie. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time it seemed so random but it ended up being the smoking mm. gun that they needed because <laughs> when they go to confront Gil Nick is like pie crumbs on his shirt and I was like amazing <laughs> yeah, like sure uh, and he um, I really feel like he's really tied this episode up together in terms of the comedic relief because it was so it was actually a really heavy episode considering the plot is Gil being okay with killing George in order to get information um, about what happened to his mom. And Michael, something that you had said earlier uh, now has me realizing that why Nancy would understand Gil's perspective because she too rushes in and doesn't have patience for a lot Mm -hmm. of things. And that's exactly what he was doing, what Gil was doing in this episode. He knew the consequences wasn't stopping long enough to actually let those consequences sit with him and the episode kind of coddles him like it holds his hand like because Nancy literally holds his hand yeah (laughs) which I was like what but whatever yeah I was like the romance plot of this is is grease and some of the wheels but fine um Mm. Because I feel like Nick was the one who had the right energy after you learn that the person who's going to use the shroud knows what's going to happen and they're doing it anyway and they're putting you on a time clock. But okay. Um, mm-hmm. But I did think that it was a really emotional thing to have these twins weighing with the fact that they may not ever find out what happened to their mom, regardless of the fact that we do um, find out that she, she left them because she was going through delusions and she didn't want to, to I guess, drag them into that. Um, mental breakdown with her but I still don't see why we didn't just come back years later but you know that's that's a choice that was made <laughs> the fire yeah. monster is going to become the next villain of the week um, yeah. <laughs> I can see the connection between Nancy and Gil to your point Sabrina where like she recognizes that he rushes into things mm-hmm. and I think in this episode she would have been like oh I probably would have done that too a few months ago but she, you know growth she was like I probably would I have people now that pump the brakes for me 
-hmm. that would tell me to like, let's take a beat and think this through. And um, again, I'm jumping through things, but there was this, a part where um, Nancy, George and Nick were like talking about the plan and Nick very much had a different idea of what they should do. And then um, George was like, I agree with Nancy. And I love when Nick just like gets so like fed up, but he just mm -hmm. has to like surrender to them. It's the funniest thing. I love when Nick has that dad energy of like, <laughs> <it's> like <laughs> I can't win. I give up. Um, but he's still like, he's, he's down to ride. He'll, he'll be right mm -hmm. by your side, even if he doesn't agree with what's going on. Um, so yeah, I wanted to mention that because I love that. I, I just, it makes me laugh so much. The dynamic between them where like Nancy's like, she's never going to, she's never going to concede. She's going to be like, I've thought this through and this is what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that adds a lot to the dynamics because Nick never really had a say when it came to Nancy. And it's funny that he kind of does have a say more when it comes to George. They work better as a unit than him and Nancy did because Nancy wasn't in the right place at that time. Whereas now that George is like, siding's the wrong word, but now that George and Nancy have become kind of this like, unlikely duo and they do things together and they make decisions together and um, because obviously in the previous episode they went off on their own together now george is completely supportive of nancy's way it, it was it was hilarious to see nick react but it was also i think it's great that george and nancy are becoming kind of like again with george can you really say closer but um they really they're trusting each other better and i i, I love that dynamic so much and i just i love the development of it george um, and nancy right you said Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I got mixed up in my head. There was that one scene where um, Nancy asked George, do you trust me? And she goes, why? Yes, but why? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was like the most indicative of how their friendship has grown, where George is still kind of um, unsure, but she trusts Nancy with her mm -hmm. life. And I think mm -hmm. that's like the highest compliment George can pay somebody. <laughs> It is. I think a lot of that stems from the use of the shroud that when mm -hmm. um, when George like, walked through death's door because she didn't even knock on it, she was through it. Nancy um, pulled a wild card and saved her. And I think that meant a lot to George, who you know she always takes care of herself. And yes, Nick has been taking care of her, but it was nice to have a friend who was like, no, regardless of the consequences, forget them. We'll worry about it later. I'm throwing the shroud on you and I'm hoping it works. And yeah. it did. Yeah. And when Nancy, she says to Nick, I'm not going to let anything happen to George. She means that. Mm -hmm. She will go through hell and high water. And she has. And again, she solved a 14-year-old cold case to save her <laughs> friend. So like, <laughs> she's going to go to the ends of the earth to save her friends. <laughs> and I, I think that's the reason George is kind of like... Uh, sways towards her when it comes to things like this because we've seen this in drama so many times that the, that the love interest or the other half of that person is more emotionally involved so they'll be like wrap them in cotton wool and protect them at all costs whereas Nancy has more of that kind of stone cold approach of like I will get this mission done at Nick sure you stay safe and I think George kind of needed that in that moment because Nick was like no we need to uh, we need to do whatever we can just to keep George safe but George wanted the mission dealt with she wanted to, it all over not just the fact that she could stay safe for now she wanted to dealt with and she knew nancy was the way of getting that done and they always say if you want to increase the stakes on something put a clock on it and well they had a clock in this episode and i think that's why nancy was also the most important person to do this for gil because we said that already 
she was where he was, but she also learned from it. So I think that's what made her the right person because yeah, it looked like she was putting the mission ahead of George, but the only reason she was doing this was to save George. So it was like, Nancy was like, I've been there. I know how to fix this. And she helped Gil get to a similar situation. So for being such an intense story-driven standalone kind of episode, there was a lot of beautiful character work in there as well. And I, I really appreciate that about the show because it constantly does it. Does and it, it lets them also make mistakes because uh, Nancy's very aware that she should not be getting into a relationship with Gil or, or trying to move mm-hmm. that needle in any way. And Ace even warns her about it because he knows her, and she decides to do it anyway. Which is funny to me mm-hmm. also because during that scene that they're talking, she's gazing at him. Uh, she looks. She gazes like twice. I'm like, okay, so we're going to after Gil, but you're gazing at Ace as he mm-hmm. types away on this computer. I would just like have we reflected internally at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was confusing <laughs> there's so much to unpack in that scene <laughs> so much including um ace's crush with amanda which it is that's how they were able to part of the way that they were able to solve what happened to um the mom i also love that ace and um nancy go to the art gallery we just uh, like a quick little pop-over scene for some hoity-toityness and an, uh, like a look at um, a, a, I wouldn't even know what to call that painting. I don't know what style it is, but they are mm. able to bring it back after somehow using um, Nick's money <laughs> to get, <laughs> to get it. <laughs> and they, they find the portrait of, of um, Gil and, and Amanda's mom. The comedy in that scene, though, was great, too, where um, Nancy was like, oh, and now we can use your bathroom. Ace said something, too, that had me cackling. I don't remember what it was now, um, oh, but I loved it. I, they're so good together, the mm-hmm. two of them. Such a double act. Yeah. yeah. Well, we had we also had a double act um, in this episode, unexpectedly, with Bess and Carson, mm-hmm. which was I really cute. It. Yeah, he, you can like I'm starting to warm up to Carson like we, it's been a journey I still don't really trust him but I see where he's been coming from but he just wanted to to dad he wanted to be a dad yeah. so bad and Nancy hasn't like gotten to that point where she's gonna let him fully dad her mm-hmm. or parent her I keep saying dad as a verb <laughs> <laughs> but he saw an opportunity to help Bess like that kind of a parental intuition to know like oh she's heartbroken she's the kind of person that could use a project as a distraction Mm -hmm. it was so sweet that he let her do that like that was right up Bess's alley to like control something and she doesn't always have the control in the group so for him to give her that opportunity to you know find that confidence within herself was really great bonus points to Carson I know she called it a trick and he referred to it as a nudge but like I get why he wanted to use that word because she was sort of she sort of felt bad that he had to do that I'm like it was a trick Carson (laughs) like it was the best like Jedi mind trick like parent thing because they always get you to like oh you're wallowing I'm gonna let you wallow for like an hour then I'm gonna come in with something that you need to do and tell you to sit up so I can see your eyes and then suddenly within five minutes we're going to be doing the task together and you're going to forget about the terrible thing that had happened and that has been used on me so many times and every time I fall for it (laughs) (laughs) I don't know though if I liked the complete follow-through where she used his like speech his lesson to um talk 
Odette off of a literal ledge. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I yeah. was kind of like, mm-hmm. it felt like they shoehorned that in because it was such a quick out mm-hmm. of nowhere scene for Odette to be like, I'm going to rejoin my love. Um, and then Bess was the voice of reason with Carson's fake, um, whatever that was. I was like, it felt like it did a little too much to mm-hmm. get like Bess out of her slump. Um, and I didn't love that scene yeah on the ledge yeah you know when you watch an episode you never you never know how many episodes how many minutes are left or whatever when when uh, we find out that george or that odette had ran off obviously in george's body um i thought that was the end of the episode. i thought that was the end of it yeah exactly <laughs> like, like, we have oh, another act oh, wow um so but i would have been happy with that being the end because yeah. i feel like all the arcs reached their point best it's not a lesson, but from a dramatic uh, story-driven standpoint, best learned your lesson of the episode. Everything was fine. But I do feel like that final act kind of then maybe did too much because when Bess showed up in the scene, it was like, first of all, she obviously is supposed to have a purpose because Nick and Bess is such an unusual purring. Like, why would the two of them suddenly be there? Yeah, that was so weird at the exactly. when Nick and Bess were talking. I was like, okay, yeah, go with it. But it I mean, just feels yeah. so random. <laughs> it served a purpose. But then the fact that, you know, when a character learns a lesson and they can then apply that lesson to a situation in real life and they're like, oh, wow, it worked. This was literally word for word the exact same lesson she learned. And I was like, I'm not and sure this is the situation really, called for. Yeah, she did the monkey thing. And I was like, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Multiple lessons, actually. <laughs> I was with you in the beginning. And then she like put every metaphor in. And I was like, a little, t- a, one, a few steps too far. Yeah, yeah. I think we didn't know that if it pleases the court or even if it doesn't. Like even if she wanted to say if it pleases you, and and even if it doesn't, because she was kind of be formal because Odette is French, and then just got into what she wanted to say that maybe would have been fine. But I felt like they wanted to like put in comedy where comedy wasn't needed. Like George is literally going to fall to her death. We don't really Mm -hmm. need to have a wandering speech about spider monkeys and growth (laughs) she really really could have uh used the lesson of losing the marbins to talk to a debt about loss Mm -hmm. and moving forward yeah definitely and because it was nick that ultimately got through to her in the end it was like well then why was best there because the lesson that she learned too and she was just like she watched them kiss and she was just like celebrating on her own And on this note, I have to say I'm ready for them to figure out how to separate Odette from George. Mm-hmm. Like as much as I love Leah's French accent, she's killing it. She's serving. I'm I've had it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for her to like move forward. <laughs> Odette feels the same. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed her like one liners. Like I appreciate like I laughed when she called Nancy a bed bug and <laughs> And when um, she like mocked Nick for always asking uh, George if she's okay, he's like, can she? She's like, can she ever have her thoughts? Can they just stay in her? Yeah. And that's, that was a good critique of him. Yes. Mm-hmm. But like now that she's done observing the world and she's reached a point where she wants to leave, let's have her leave next episode <laughs> or get, <laughs> like put her on the track to be able to leave. I really enjoy her, but she's gonna start over um, mm-hmm. staying her. Welcome. We need some movement. Yeah, I feel yeah. like. 
they're slowly trying to turn her into one of the members of the Drew crew before she like departs because she is helping them in little things. You, at first you thought she was a real like danger and she is a danger to George in the sense that she can do anything with her body, but she's not a danger to the team in the way that it was initially portrayed that she would be. So I feel like they're definitely going to try and turn her into a like honorary member of the Drew crew before she leaves. And I mean, like it works, but I mean, like how many episodes do we have to do that for? I think the story's reached where it needs to go right now. So Hopefully it won't it won't stick around too much longer. Mm-hmm. Especially because she's not Lucy, and I miss Lucy. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. I miss her weird <laughs> little pop ups. And, and Nancy really was kind of the one who saw her all the time. And with Odette, everyone is interacting with Odette, so it's kind mm-hmm. of wearing thin. But there's when that one... light bulb flickered. Mm-hmm. I, I'll say this really quickly: when the light bulb flickered in that weird art room in that guy's oh, house, yeah. I was like, Lucy. talking to nancy (laughs) but that's not what it was (laughs) oh that would have been great i thought somebody was communicating with nancy but it was just a light bulb yeah (laughs) i didn't i didn't expect to miss lucy so much but Mm -hmm. i think it's just because like they didn't have a they had an emotional goodbye to her but we didn't actually see lucy like just disappear Mm -hmm. so he just just stops coming around just like we should have i needed that for like um I need a cathartic goodbye, Lucy, and your creepiness will miss you moment. We never got it. <laughs> but last point before wrapping up, Nancy yes. Drew, more, we got a tad bit more of Ace and his family he doesn't know anything mm-hmm. about because he got a text message from his brother. Again, I forgot all about this. Yeah, you can tell. <laughs> and it was the only reason they did. They did something quite clever in the early part of the episode. Where was it that Amanda yeah. said something about you don't you don't know what or a brother or she mentioned family member or a brother or whatever, and he said something and I can't remember what it was, but it implied that actually I do know what you're talking about. It was very clever, yeah. so it prepared me for when it came back up at the end. But yeah, I feel like that's going to be one of the season's more intriguing stories because he's not really telling anybody about this. Mm-mm. Nancy's going to be the first one to find out. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, it's gonna be great I really want I don't know why I really want him to be a hardy boy I think it's because I read that one line online and now I want it like this really is a sentence and I'm now invested like, the crumbs in, I know in like the I don't, I've heard that from you and now I'm like every time I'm like I'm like looking for it I'm like is his last name hardy mm-hmm. is it what's happening <laughs> <laughs> can't be unseen now no it cannot be but I guess we'll find out in season four come May mm. <laughs> We do have time, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> um, but we did get reunited um, with the Walker Independence crew, which was very exciting. Uh, their mid-season premiere truly was a mid-season premiere, which I appreciate because sometimes you come back and it's like they didn't, they weren't off on hiatus mm-hmm. or anything. They just act, they give you a middle of the road episode and you're just there. Yeah, I was shocked when they mentioned in dialogue that time had elapsed and it was like mm-hmm. the same amount of time had elapsed for us as for them. And I was like, Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We're all on the same page. <laughs> and you don't really, I didn't really know how much I missed the show until it came back because of how good the mid season premiere was. And oh, so good. That's it was, fantastic. there was so much in it as well to dissect in such a short amount of time. And usually I don't like time jumps, but this did it very effectively. The fact that I think we have to start with the fact that Augustus is now part of the team. Um, Like that was a shot. That was bold that they did that off screen. I get why they did it, but it was bold, but it worked. It absolutely worked because the fact that Hoyt had only come back to town, we saw it all unfold through his eyes. So he learned as we learned. It was very effective. And now he had Hoyt has yet another person who's going to outvote him when it comes to the plans (laughs) that they make. 
<laughs> they needed to replace let, Callie on summer. <laughs> the explanation though is like he knew too much, right? Which is like so true. Like it, they can only play cat and mouse with him for so long because he's very smart. Like mm-hmm. he's gonna connect some dots. So it's better to have him as an ally than an enemy. Mm-hmm. That's true. Though I, the way that he was pressing Tom though was again a bit too much. <laughs> um, and then he like leaves in the middle of uh, when Charlie comes looking for Abby, whose real name is apparently Mary. In mm-hmm. um, that great comedic beat where Gus is like, I have to go to the Western Union. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know there the are so many like moments where things are they do things that are so obvious. Like um, some who clocked that he was outside walking with Abby. I think it was the sister. Sister, yeah, yeah. Charlotte, yeah. And she kind of was like, looks like my sister, but that's just her back. Um, <laughs> but there are so many moments like that where you can see like Tom's clearly like tucking away info and whether mm-hmm. he actually knows or if he's just like noticing suspicious um, coincidences or not. Yeah. But it's like, fun we- to watch. It is, it is. Happen. And it makes for very tense moments because like when um, Tom and Abby went out to the gravesite or where the thing had been burnt, the carriage had been burnt and Abby was like kicking the dust over that picture of her. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, he said a few lines to her that very much imply that he knows what's going on. I don't think he does, but just the writing is very either. clever. Very yeah. clever. See, I think he knows who she is. I don't think he knows that she's hiding from him specifically Mm. this cat and mouse game is very fun to watch you know that i like their dynamic even if i still want her to step on him but like (laughs) (laughs) like, i really do and so he's he was smirky the entire scene it was like they're both like i know things you don't know but you can't know that i know these things yeah Yeah. um and she but she for a woman who really wants to bring him down she seems not necessarily comfortable in his presence but um, not afraid to be alone with him where no one else is around, which is mm-hmm. interesting to me. Yeah, I their think scenes like together are like, yeah, the their scenes together, it's like you kind of hold your breath a little bit because there's the highest stakes with the mm-hmm. two of them alone together. So you're like, Ugh. and they play it so well. Like the way that their chemistry together is insane. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Definitely. There's definitely something. I think there's a darkness in Abby and I think she's kind of like drawn to the danger of being around him because it'll get her closer to solving the murder and getting the justice that she wants. Because of course, losing someone can send you down a dark path. And I think it has with Abby. I just think because she's got her own little fun superhero team and adds a little bit of lightness to the overall story, but she very much wants revenge. Although I will say I'm very, uh, I like the fact that she did save Tom's life because death was not the revenge she wanted. She wanted actual justice. So yeah. how, how how does she bring down a lawman? You know what I mean? I think that'll add to the stakes as it goes on. But yeah, very important character moments for Abby in this episode. And it was great too to see her dynamic with her sister mm. uh, because she had said, didn't she say earlier in the season that they at once had been close um, but that relationship fractured and then you relearn why the relationship yep. fractured. That was yeah. like, what? At the first reveal was that um, Charlie was with Liam, mm-hmm. engaged, married. Engaged. What was it? Engaged. And then Abby ended up marrying him. Mm-hmm. But then we end up finding out later that Charlie was with him just for like, for show. Mm-hmm. Because she's got eyes for K. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. 
Because it is so, it was very soap opera, the way that they revealed what happened and then in, the twist. Yeah. And the way that just in a single episode, we meet Charlie and end up being so invested in this relationship mm-hmm. with Kate in a single 45 minute episode. I don't know how they pulled that off. Like I care so deeply about that couple. Yes. <laughs> and I only just, yep. we just saw them for 40 minutes. <laughs> They're so believable, right? They're so like, yes, I could see in the span of two days, these two would have become immensely like um, meshed together because of circumstances and because of knowing what it's like to walk through society as a woman and also a woman who has to keep personal life very very personal Mm -hmm. and they have the same attitude right like you get through life by doing what you have to do and Kate does that and she does it by protecting people as well and Charlie intended to protect her sister but also she knows how the game is played Right. We come from a rich family. I'm not willing to be destitute, but I will be able to help people with the money that we have. And Abby is very much you know, justice, justice at all times. We can be destitute. We can be on the streets, but we will not take the money. And, and Charlie's like, not me. <laughs> <laughs> there is an interesting like they're, bo- they're both come across as really good people, Abby and Charlie, and that's what's really interesting. But at the same time, there is also such a like split between who they are. And I think that's what created that like split between the two of them, why they didn't, you know what I mean? They clash over things, even though they, their hearts are both in the right place. And Abby's not afraid to stand up for what's happening. And you could see, you could see they did such a good job of like highlighting animosity might be a bit extreme, but the like tension between the two of them early on when Abby was like, I had everything in hand and then you showed up, it ruined it all. And Abby we have to fix this and charlie just went along with it and then she ended up becoming their mvp because she 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 was the key to like making uh, tom think that mary collins was dead after all um i really like how i have to agree i really like how quickly charlie became a part of just the like fabric of the show in like 45 minutes um but as, again just the the relationship with kate was my favorite part of it um so so much chemistry between the two of them but such so many lovely scenes like it was the quiet part of the episode while all these like high stakes things were going on around it and by the end of the episode i was like this is all i care about i don't oh tom don't care about you um yeah it was like a like a rom-com like they did a sweeping romance somehow in a single episode and it works so well it's it's funny because like when we first met charlie was like oh i'm not gonna like you oh mm-hmm. <laughs> you're gonna give uh abby some grief and that's my girl um but it, again just like in the course of one episode the way they give charlie such character development we learn about her we learn why she moves through the world the way that she does and i think the the weight of uh charlie and kate which i think you both um alluded to a little bit is the the societal weight of um why their romance is forbidden in that time like it just makes you care about it so instantly and i just love how at the end of the day she um she did what she needed to do for her sister let bygones be bygones and like she did what she needed to do and i i think it's it's uh um I love the difference between them because like abby's like i'm gonna give up everything i'm gonna give up my name i'm gonna give up my home to follow through with this and like you said serena charlie's like well have fun (laughs) i did what i could (laughs) see you later (laughs) she got a girlfriend out of it at the same time she's like i sweep through town i provided you cover and kate 
I will be back. Oh, well, I'm yeah, but we have back. a yeah. we have a love triangle because Kai is down so bad for Kate. He is. Oh, he stayed in that town despite being having like a. Is he Mark? Does he have someone coming for him? I don't know, but he was like, mm-hmm. I'm not leaving. Like, I love this town. I love that woman. I'm staying here. I loved it. I thought I was heartbroken when I thought that he was going to ride out of independence yeah. on Cordell. <laughs> I was heartbroken. <laughs> oh, but the, like, so, and you get it, right? She just, when, when they're talking, you just see the love pouring out of him. And then when she turns around and she's, she flashes this gorgeous smile and turns back and he's like, yeah, you're stuck here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah you don't know about charlie um which by the way i just wanted to say one of the things that i really liked about the two of them um is the amount of joy that's in it yes. like yes it has to be um under wraps but there is it's so much joy in that sweep across joyful. the saloon is it the, saloon? Yeah. the bar to the back room when she grabbed kate's hand yeah and kate oh, giggles chills. like kate giggles it. <laughs> it's just a adorable and the the hop into the um what is that carriage like mm-hmm. they can yeah i don't think they can be seen but we were playing a little um risky there but it, risking it all <laughs> <laughs> but i loved it that's what makes it so special like mm-hmm. they they don't care like they really care about each other and they don't care what people think even though they do they have to care a little bit but like they were willing to risk it for that moment and mm-hmm. oh, it was so special. <laughs> no, Kate's what it's She's, she forgot her. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the scene would have been at home in a rom com. It was just like uh, the, between the dramatic music, the way the chasing after the carriage, the 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 covering uh, her covering her tracks with Abbe. Oh, she forgot her. Uh, uh, couldn't even finish the sentence. Such such a lovely scene. And like yeah. Kate, uh, Kate, we've always said is kind of like the busybody of the town, and she has to be now that we knew what she was, what her job was and what her purpose was. But she was she's been wound so tightly, and just to see her so like. Um, come alive and so like um, uh, what's the word awkward it was so, so adorable I love seeing that mm-hmm. Charlie has to come back I hope like, so. he really yes. really does because it was <laughs> it can't be one of those things you know when you watch the show and they bring um, they bring in a guest star for like one episode and it's lovely and they never come back but you like the relationship dynamic with somebody and then you're like sitting there like bring him back are we gonna yeah. bring him back <laughs> like we need it I think there's just they added something that the show did, hasn't had yet. Everything is mm-hmm. very high stakes. Everything is very um, like rot. And those two added a lot of happiness to the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wendy does something so well, which is whenever there's a, a new character coming in for an episode, it's not just like fluff. Like there's mm-hmm. a weight that affects multiple characters when somebody comes in. Like Charlie wasn't just uh, like a, a, a mess to clean up for Abby. It was like she was became so ingrained in this town. Like mm-hmm. she was dealing with Tom. She was obviously with Kate and like and even um Tom's brother. Do we know mm-hmm. that's his brother yet? I yes, because I believe they said it in the yeah, because he says big brother in okay. in the trailer for the I don't know if we knew that as of episode eight, but Talk about a gasp moment when mm-hmm. Abby clocks the goatee and the hat mm-hmm. and she was like, what? <laughs> Record scratch. <laughs> She's like, oh, might have the wrong man. And everybody at the table is like, excuse me? <laughs> and they're like, oh, God, Abby, like, what? <laughs> you got us into this mess. Uh, I don't know. I feel like that would be a red herring, but it's a fun one anyway. Um, mm-hmm. 
because yeah, that that shot, you no no denying that the hat and the beard, everything. They it, look they, identical, which was like do. great casting. Yeah, they do amazing. I, yeah, I can't wait to see next week's episode. Like counting down the minutes at this point. Like I know that's not just going to be like a like a fluff casting. Like here's the mm-hmm. new character. It's going to impact the story in multiple characters, and I'm excited for it. Mm. And we keep saying every time they bring someone from Tom's past or his family into it, we learn so much more about him. Like I said, not necessarily a heroic character in the slightest, but there are sometimes we learn there's more and more reasoning behind his behavior, and I'm eager to see what kind of like story depth his brother can add to it i kind of hope it's not something that humanizes him more like i know <laughs> his brother's like he has to look out for his brother like give him money or like keep him out of trouble like i don't want to feel <laughs> any more endeared to tom than we already have <laughs> we feel enough we feel enough <laughs> i think it'll yeah. be interesting if it's like the opposite of what is going on with abby and charlie where charlie is very much the older sister um and it's not that tom isn't acting like an older brother but um he has no no idea how to rein his little brother in, and he yeah, might be one he of needs those, to be even worse than Tom. Yeah, mm. he needs to be, and he just and he might be one of those sibling dynamics where he let Tom let it happen, and that's the issue. The same way he he lets his aunt run all over him, he might let his little brother do the same, which causes you know havoc. <laughs> and um, and would I would I mean it might be slightly endearing for those who are Tom apologists, but for those who aren't, um, <laughs> it'd be like no, just another map against him. The character is poor, like as a, not the character to himself, but his character is what that makes sense. Mm-hmm. A weak constitution. The integrity <laughs> is not there. <laughs> um, I can't believe eight episodes in, and I don't think we've had a single episode of Walker Independence that we did not enjoy. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Loved every minute. Like, this is a show, and I don't want to like review it. I, I feel like every week we just talk about how much we love it, but like I notice this more than ever in episode eight. This is a show that doesn't waste a single moment. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very much active watching. Every scene means something. They don't do anything just because like everything is important, and that's why sometimes I have trouble watching because I, I think we get used to watching shows that you can inactively watch where like mm-hmm. not every scene um, is important. And there, I found myself drifting off in moments just because, you know, these days attention spans are not what they used to be, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm like, no, 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 no. Walker independence. They are, they know what they're doing. Every minute matters. Like you have to actively watch. And I think that's so refreshing like they don't waste any time there are even shows that make you think they're active watching shows like some of the biggest shows and it's like no you could like turn away from it and you'd be fine because mm-hmm. they just like they like linger on stuff that doesn't matter but like windy it's like every moment holds some some weight that you need to tuck away in your brain and i think that's amazing it's brilliant Best show on tv i'm saying it <laughs> <laughs> There's so many pots boiling. Like there's the Kai situation simmering. Mm-hmm. It's been simmering um, since the first half of the season, but clearly the temperature is being turned up there. And then we have a new pot that's been added to the stove with what's going to be happening with the railroad coming through and the way that the workers are burning down um, Native American land uh, and just forcibly moving people or presumably also killing them. I wasn't quite mm. sure um, if. Tapsana was talking about that as well. Like it wasn't just that we were burning their homes. We were killing people who weren't leaving. And I think that was it. 
uh, which I guess will bring Cassian back to town. Well, Callie, mm-hmm. sorry, Callie and back to town. But it is, I don't know, I, that part, they're building that storyline. I'm intrigued by it. I want to know where yeah. they're going mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you said, the pots on the stove, we've, it's, it's like a whole holiday meal. We've got yeah. <laughs> so many things going. The charcuterie board's out. <laughs> <laughs> We're boiling the water for macaroni and cheese in the back. (laughs) Ham's in the oven. (laughs) It really is the best show. Bold claim about it being the best show on TV right now, but I think it's like right there. And I don't, I usually I say that with hyperbole. Like I said a lot that Dynasty was the best show on TV and that was hyperbole. As much as I loved it, I knew it wasn't the best show on television, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm self-aware, right? Like, but I actually mean it with this and I can't, I mean, I haven't watched every show on TV, so I can't say that it is the best definitively, (laughs) (laughs) but of what I watch, it's Wendy and Abbott. And that's, Mm -hmm. I think the best of the best right now. Well, okay. I'm just going to say this one point about TV. They are primetime soap operas. And I feel like people get really invested in terms of being like, you can't say that that's the best show because it's on the CW. And it's just like, What's your top favorite show? I would like to know. Which procedural drama do you tune into every week? And what is yeah. the quality? <laughs> Those are the kind of people that call things guilty pleasures. And it's like, if something mm-hmm. brings you pleasure, don't feel guilty about it. Yeah. Whatever mm-hmm. you think is the best show, it's the best show. That's why I always call Dynasty the best show. Because it makes people uncomfortable mm-hmm. to sit with me calling a primetime soap that is ridiculous the best show on tv it makes people uncomfortable because they're like what about succession i'm like i don't care about succession go watch it if you want <laughs> I'm <a dynasty>. <laughs> Not a single lie. <laughs> yes oh yeah no i feel like you should like that's the end mic drop <laughs> that's where we landed we do have to do um uh two toasts so mm. one is for kennedy mcmahon who has landed the road the lead in the good lawyer Congratulations to her. I know. I'm so excited for her. She deserves Mm -hmm. the TV domination. Like, uh, it's only the beginning. I'm so excited. Yeah. So tune in. It's March 6th, right? I believe so. The Good Doctor, uh, uh, what do they call it? Backdoor Pilot for The Good Good Doctor. Yes. So tune into that. Um, It helps chances of it being picked up to series. We want to see Kennedy back on TV. Yes. She deserves this visibility and spotlight. She yeah. does a, a primetime spot on a big network. Like, because CBS is pulling in everything right now. They are the network to watch. I mean, this is a CW podcast. Obviously, we're watching that one. But we yeah. all know where she lives. We know. <laughs> we all know where CW lands. So this is just amazing. I feel like with the Kennedy's like, oh, girl, I'll be there. Like, mm-hmm, look, yeah. every, when you get a premiere date, I'll be there, too. <laughs> weekly she deserves to have the oh, the kind of career like like lauren graham where she becomes like a beloved tv veteran that hops from show to show and she just is critically i, I just see that for her and i want it for her so bad so yes congrats kennedy we love congrats. you we're pulling for the emmy even though the show isn't even out yet <laughs> <laughs> it's what she deserves yes yes 
Um, and then the second toast is going to go to our audience for being very patient as we <laughs> get things up and running for January. Uh, it is going to be a different road for us, uh, but one that is exciting. Yes, I'm parsing words. Parsing words? I don't know what the phrase would be, but let's just say we're on a we're on a road together that's going to be interesting as we move forward into 2023. Yeah, yeah. stick with us. Stick with us. Yeah, we got this. Yes. <laughs> In our squeaky wheel era. okay and with that uh thank you for listening uh we are the cw style i'm sabrina michael and i'm reeve bye y'all